Welcome to episode six of Monument Talk, presented by Pinstripe Alley and SB Nation. It is Thursday, June 20th, 2019. Uh, the game has just started. Chad Green was thrown to the Astros. It's the top of the first. And we're going to get into it. I'm Kenny Crocker, as always, joined by Matt DeMeo. Hey, everybody. Um, so, episode six, this is our uh, Joe Torre episode. Mr. Hey, T- Mr. Torre. Mr. Mr. T. Mr. T. So, as we've been doing this new segment, going to just rattle off a couple. There's a lot of people that wore six on the Yankees. Going to rattle off a couple of the big ones that stuck out. Uh, Joe Gordon, 38-46, to 46, won All-Stars almost all of those years. He's an All-Star, 39-46. to 46. Came back after missing two years to go to the war overseas. All-Star immediately. While he's gone, the guy took over for him on number six. His name was Don Savage. Whoa, Donnie boy. Sweet name. Um, and then after uh, Joe Gordon left, Bobby Brown took over from 47 to 51. And Casey Stangle, who's his manager in 52, uh, has this quote about Bobby Brown. <laughs> this is just purely Googling. Um, Bobby Brown, first thing that comes up is Stangle saying, Bobby Brown reminds me of a fellow who's been hitting for 12 years and only fielding for one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Casey. There you go. I also think... Don't quote me on this, Ken. I'm Googling it right now. I'm trying to find it. I think the guy in Major League that plays first base for the Yankees, that um, uh, that Wild Thing comes in and strikes out. Guy that drives all the women in Cleveland. No, that's Jack Parkman. That's yeah. Major League too. Yeah, sorry. Um, the guy that plays first base. He's got the he's got the Fu Manchu. Yeah. I think he might be number six. Wow. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that's a big pickup. That's, that's a mistake on me. That's a big pickup. <laughs> Also, trying to figure it out, yeah. so probably about the 35-minute mark, I'm going to chime in and be like, oh, that guy is number six. Yeah, Matt's going to be silent for the first 35 minutes of this podcast. Buckle up. Your ball, Ken. Get a lot of Ken. Um, also, Mickey Mantle, rookie season, or number six in 51, and then uh, Ken Griffey Sr. in 82. Yeah, they tell that story. he tells that story in, uh, uh, in the movie 61. 61? Yeah. Pretty Directed okay by movie. Billy Crystal. Did he direct that? Yeah, man. Yeah, pretty good movie. All right. There were other people. There were a lot, but those are the ones that stood out. Uh, my guy, Don Savage, taking over while Joe Gordon's uh, overseas fighting. While Matt's just Googling away on the cast and crew, we'll jump into our first topic, which um, this is just came from a text chain we had today. What's up with A-Rod? <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people are in on A-Rod with, let's call him A-Rod. Uh, His like glow up? A-Rod 3.0. Which is, uh, yeah, A-Rod becoming the biggest villain in the history of the world. And then uh, now he's just, you know, going on like the morning show with Kathy Lee or whoever's on it. <laughs> just smiling. with Drinking cheese. wine with Hoda. Yeah, but it's, it seems like based on his Instagram that his whole life right now is following J-Lo around to concerts. Yeah. And taking videos, which I get. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, go for it. It's, it's, just, it's just very Al. He's very... He's always seemed very phony, and it just seems very phony. Yeah. Um, he just wants everybody to like him. <laughs> yeah. Des- unfortunately, nobody des- does. Desperately wants everybody to like him. Unfortunately, nobody does. <laughs> I hope J-Lo likes him. Yeah, I um, Because I think that's all that matters. But, hey, man, he's in love. I mean, look, no disrespect to A-Rod, but I think she, she was doing better with uh, Mark Anthony. Um, Whoa. I'm a big Mark Anthony guy. Guess Al's never coming on the pod. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we'll do a one-on-one interview, Al. Me and you, just me and you. And I'll be doing a simultaneous interview with Mark Anthony. Um, <laughs> Jeez. So Al also put up a post this week on Instagram of his 
three thousandth hit a home run off of Verlander and called out like how great it was to join all these people in the three thousand hit club, all these greats, Rose Cobb, um, Musial, uh, Clemente, named a couple, just didn't didn't put Jeet in there. <laughs> um, and obviously there's a there's a good chunk of people he left out, but you know, there was he he might as well put every single person but Jeet that's in the yeah. three thousand hit club. Um you know, uh, just something I thought of when it comes to Al. Um, and just how ridiculous and phony he is. Um, if you go back and look at his Instagram of the picture of him proposing to J-Lo, he's got his World Series ring. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just so staged and so Al. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I get a kick out of him. He's very, very, now very entertaining. Now he's going to come on the pod. Now you told him that his proposal staged. No, stop. Um, all right. What else we got going on here? Uh, the news from today that's making the rounds is that uh, the Rays uh, got approval from Manfred to, well, it's not going to happen right now, but the, to split their time between Tampa and Montreal. It wouldn't happen until 2028 because their lease is up in 2027. And there's a lot of things that have to happen for that to actually come to fruition. Um, the mayor of St. Petersburg says it's silly and there's absolutely no way that he's even going to entertain the idea until 2027 when the lease is up. Um but the Rays have the second worst game attendance in baseball. And, I mean, in the long run, whatever, it's just less games at the Trop, which is the worst place on earth. But how are you going to get anybody to come to your team when it's like, oh, you want to play for a, like a, a team that's got a low salary cap in Tampa and get a house there and then get another house in Montreal and live in two different countries? Yeah, yeah. Um... It's tough. I mean, it's already, they don't have a ton of money down in Tampa. I'd say it's a low-end organization. Um, yeah. And then guys are just going to, they have a tough time getting guys down there. One, because they don't have any money. And two, because it's just not uh, an attractive place for guys to go yeah. play. And now they're splitting, could potentially be splitting time between Tampa and Montreal. I just don't, uh, I mean, maybe it's good because, like you said, there's nobody in that building where, Maybe baseball's thriving in Montreal, and they they want a team back up there. But I don't know. I just it does. Maybe it makes sense financially for the organization and to get more people um, in the stands. But I don't see it making much sense for the players. I can't. I can't see guys happy with that, especially like a guy with a family. It's like, oh yeah, so my wife's in uh, St. Pete. Um, kids just finished school, so now we're going to move up to Montreal, where everybody speaks French, and I'm from Alabama, so what the hell am I doing here? Floribama Shores? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it's, yeah, but um, that could mean we could go poutine, to maybe the ALCS up in Montreal, um, just like in Big Daddy when they went to the Toronto and the Phillies. <laughs> Remember that? Joe Carter? That Hooters in Toronto. Um, yeah, so... Uh, obviously, we don't have to keep talking about that because it's ridiculous. <laughs> I think I might have an answer, Ken. Yeah? Here we go. First baseman. Guy's name is, in real life, his name is Pete Yukovich. Wow, great name. First baseman for the New York Yankees in Major League One. His name was Haywood in Major League One. Okay. Did wear number six. Wow, okay. <laughs> How about that? All right. This Matt from Deep. Sorry, Money. sorry, Mr. T. <laughs> this is officially being renamed the, what's his name? Haywood. Haywood. Pete Yukovich, who I believe was a major league player in real life. Wow. Looks like he was a pitcher for the Brewers. Okay. I am hot today, Ken. Weather's heating up in New York, and so is Matt. <laughs> Pete Yukovich. 
Uh, Pete Yugovich, come on the pod. So, um, <laughs> hope, take... hope you're still alive. <laughs> yeah. Now Matt is going to spend the next 35 minutes Googling if Pete Yugovich is alive. Um, so, uh, another thing that was coming around Twitter today, at least, was I think it started with the Yankees tweets from 2009 account, which is hysterical. Um, and it was 10 years ago to the day, uh, today, Gary Sanchez was signed 16 years old, two and a half mil out of the Dominican. And this was uh, a post from my guy, George King, hey, George. Um, from the New York post. He's from the same hometown as me. Um, but the best part about this whole Sick story brag. is that, um, <laughs> is that, uh, the quote about Sanchez, uh, from a Latin American talent evaluator from an NL team when the Yankees signed him was, he's a big kid with a big arm. I'd like to have him, but two and a half million dollars is a lot of money. He's got a thick body. He's a real good hitter, but he doesn't hit like Jesus Montero. <laughs> Where's Jesus just, these days? And just a couple. Uh, he's in the Mexican League. And just a couple stats here on Jesus versus Gary. Gary's played in about about a hundred more games in his career than Jesus. Two twenty six to three twenty for Gary. Jesus had twenty eight home runs. Gary's got ninety two home runs. And Jesus is worth negative 2.4 war, and Gary's worth 11. So that guy kind of missed the mark here on Gary, but he was right with a thick body. I mean, I was in on Montero. Yeah. Uh, when was. I was kind of bummed when they traded him to the Mariners for Pineda, yeah. whatever year that was. But uh, I'm of- happy Gary's here. Happy, happy Gary's back. Pete Vukovic is 66 years old, still alive, from Johnstown, PA. Last you hear about, I'm going to hear about Vuk. <laughs> okay. We're renting a zip car. We'll see you in Johnstown, PA, next like week. kick-ass mustache. <laughs> Just come on the pot. All right, some more news from today. Hal says that um, he is now willing to go over the highest tax threshold, which is $246 million. The Yanks are currently at 226 mil. And he would do that if the Yanks needed a starter. I don't know why he's saying this now, because he admitted that they didn't go after Keiko Harder because they were afraid of going over that tax threshold or getting too close to it and not being able to make any other moves this year. But for some reason now, right after Keiko gets picked up, uh, now he wants to stay under the threshold. We've also heard this kind of for a couple of years now. They kept saying they were going to stay under the tax threshold, save some money up so that in 2019 they could spend big on Harper, Machado, whoever it was, um, obviously none of that happened. But going over, it actually makes sense because going over the tax threshold obviously costs them a lot of money. They get taxed like 62% or something. But they also, their top draft picked for next year drops down 10 slots if they go over the tax threshold. It's so, a lot of rules how that works. Yeah, there's a lot of rules. But um, basically what it means is if he's willing to go over it, Scherzer... Um, is about 29 mil, so that would push him over, but it sounds like he's willing. Oh my God, it's Gary going. Get up. Ugh, off the wall. Don't get thrown out of the second. Bumgarner would be about 12 mil, and Stroman about 7.5. So they would, both of them would keep them under the tax threshold and would mean that they could still go and solidify the pen later, which Hal says he wants to do, but Scherzer would kind of push them over that limit. And Stroman and. Uh... Strowman and Bumgarner are both expiring, right? Where Scherzer has, yeah. I think, three or two or three more years yeah, on his contract. Years, yeah. contract. Yeah, they'd be paying for the rest of the contract. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's my friend Kenny. Kenny's a CPA <laughs> numbers guy. <laughs> Over here with one of those plastic green visors on. An abacus. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so other things that happened this week, obviously this is a couple days ago, but it's been a week since we've been on a podcast. So Yanks picked up Edwin Encarnacion and sent down Frazier. Pretty awesome having Encarnacion. He's leading the AL in homers. Uh, and we get a sweet call from, from Sterling, which is Una Celebracion for Encarnacion, <laughs> which is one of his all-time top home run calls. So Sterling, far. he's bilingual. <laughs> yeah. um, it's tough seeing Frazier go down. Uh, you got to feel for him there. He actually handled it pretty well mm-hmm. with the, the post-game interviews. We obviously talked a lot about him last podcast. We don't have to get into it too much again, but people were getting on him again because... He didn't go right down to camp. Talkman got sent down for Stanton the next day and was at camp the next day. And Frazier used up his 72 hours he has to report to Scranton. <sighs> it's like, all right, guys, just give the kid a break. He's just got yeah. dealt a bad hand. Yeah, I um, I agree. Um, and I, I read, it, I read uh, a couple quotes from him today where it seems like he's handling it the right way, where it's just kind of, yeah, I'm coming down here to work on my defense, get better, like, I like I love hitting. DHing is a lot of fun, but like I don't want to be a 24 year old DH. I want to get better on defense and be a starting outfielder in this league. So I said that uh, I also saw that he's playing like four or five games a week at in left field and then two in center field. So uh, it seems like he's handling it the right way. The way uh, like you said, just going down there trying to get better, and and you feel for him because I mean he came up here and 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 did a great job, and I mean his clip of like I think he hit 285 11 home runs yeah. over 350 on base percentage mm-hmm. just like so he did a really good job and proved that he can play in the major league so yeah. I mean if not with the Yankees if the Yankees wind up trading him I mean he's gonna hopefully have a long career in, in the major leagues and wish him the best hope it's with the Yankees but it's part of the game if he gets traded mm-hmm. we also kind of touched on it quickly but Stanton came back lost the sock man um, so Talkman went down Tough week for him anyway. I think he was one for nine um, with three Ks. But Stanton, actually, we just watched him strike out. We're watching the game right now. So obviously, it's only been two games, but he's over five for three Ks. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's good to just have him back in the lineup. And um, oh, I, I didn't know if you were going to talk about kind of the the kind of what we talked about a little bit is kind of like the old dad mindset. And just kind of the "what have you done for me lately" concept uh, yeah, concept like, that the Yankees he's getting booed heavily in the first that game. Yankee fans <laughs> kind of have, where it's like, "Oh well, Stanton's like Stanton might have to sit for Cameron Maven or like, and I love Maven and I love the guys, the all the moves that they've made, but like, John Carlos Stanton, he was MVP two years ago. People forget that he had thirty eight home runs and a hundred yeah. RBIs last year. <laughs> yeah. Played like hundred and fifty five games, like. And picked up when Judge went down. Just yeah. Carried the team for a couple weeks. So I, I think, and obviously he has some bad strikeouts, and, and it can be a little frustrating sometimes, but like, you can't boo him one day and then he hits three home runs the next yeah. day. And it's just kind of like, we got to get over this. What have you done for me lately? And kind of understand that this guy's a great, great baseball player and like he's going to help this team immensely. If this team wants to win a World Series, Stanton's going to have to be a big part of it. Yeah. So uh, it's just kind of like... And I mean, you got other players that are, gonna, that are more complete hitters like a judge, but you also have like... You don't need him to be that big of a contact hitter if he's going to be putting balls out when you got LeMay who batting 7,000 and you got yeah. Didi's a contact hitter. Like you got enough players that are going to be knocking in... Yeah, and, and he'll just... He'll figure it out. He's one of the best players in yeah. the league. Like, to say that, oh, well... 
Stanton might have to have Stanton on the bench. Or, like, maybe we should trade Stanton. It's like, okay, like, settle down here. Like, yeah. he's going to figure it out, and he'll have a big impact on this team for the rest of the summer. So, just mm-hmm. kind of settle down. Yeah. Um, but, in big news, uh, tomorrow, Judge coming back to the Yanks. Uh, super exciting. We were kind of just talking before this about, you know, obviously what that means for the roster. And you were saying uh, Nezzy might get sent down or uh, your guy David Hale. Um, the, you know, the discussion was whether or not Maven has earned his spot on the team. I think everybody wants Maven on the team. It's just kind of, is there a spot for him? You know, Maven just kind of like took off this week. And there's a cool story about him unloading in Chicago and batting practice. Um Apparently, the entire team was just standing around watching because he was just crushing the ball, like hitting it off the deepest bleacher seats, like off the billboards in the outfield. And, and you know, people were just saying it was pretty awesome. And that obviously led to him going four games, uh, four home runs. And what's crazy is the most home runs he's ever had in a season in his career were 10 home runs. And that was in 2015, 2017. He played 140 games, had 10 home runs. And now he's got five home runs in 40 games. He's got four this week. He's also got like the highest OVP of his career, and he's been perfect at defense. He had 54 chances, played 15 games in right, 15 in the left starting, and he hasn't made a single error. So, he, I mean, he's playing as well as you could want him to play, and even better than that. Yeah, he's just a guy that I, you can't say enough about him. Uh, he's played plays great defense, timely hitting, gets on base, a good base runner. He's fast. He just does a lot for the Yanks, and I really hope that he sticks around, um, and they keep him around, and they kind of figure it out. I know that there's been a lot of talk of kind of keeping 13 pitchers or keeping 12 pitchers. And if they let him go, if they have to DFA him and send him down, if they send him down, he's going to get picked up. He's going to wind up on another team, which unfortunately they don't have that luxury. But hopefully, like Cashman figures it out, the genius that he is, where it's kind of Chad Green's pitching on the opener today, which is Thursday night. So he'll pitch two innings, maybe, maybe three, and then Cortez will come in and pitch four innings, and maybe they send Cortez down and keep Maven and kind of go back and forth where with juggling guys sending – I mean, Scranton's only a two-hour drive from the Bronx. Yeah, a may, Maybe a little bit longer. So it's not like these guys are flying cross-country. So hopefully it's a – they kind of juggle and keep Maven around. I think he's just been a great part of the team. And it seems like the guys in the, in the clubhouse love him. Yeah, He's a journeyman. He's been on like 10 different teams. He's been up and down uh, in the minors. He got cut by before spring training or something this year on the Giants. And um, he was talking a lot about Marcus Timms that he they run the Tigers together 12 years ago when uh, Maven was like 20. Um, and he's like, yeah, I just really trust him. He's been coaching me for my entire career, just kind of like texting me and stuff. And uh, he's a lot of the reason why I've been kind of you know, loosening up these last few games and just changing my approach to the plate and why he's been hitting so well. That's awesome. Shout yeah. out to Marcus. I also think he won a World Series with the Astros. Yeah, he's got a ring. Which is another guy, like, you want those type of guys around. Like, I think he was probably just a role player on that team, but, like, he's a guy that knows what what it takes to win a World Series. And I don't think outside of CC and Gardner, the Yankees have any other guys like that. So you want to have those guys yeah. around. And then it's just back to the clubhouse thing. Like, obviously, the hug seems like a big thing. He waits at the end of the dugout yeah. after everybody hits a home run, gets a hug. Yeah, the hug seems like, seems like a cool thing that all the guys are into. So, yeah, I mean, I'm super in on Cam. Hope yeah. he sticks around. I want that hug. Yeah. Cam, come on the pod. 
Yeah, he's the new um, he's the new Toe Night Show at the end of the dugout. No, yeah, he's just like Toe, except he's better at baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and he's two feet tall. It hurts to say because I'm a big Toe guy. But, um, yeah, so uh, that will take us into our categories of the week. Before that, we're going to take a quick little break here. So we'll see you in a minute. And we're back. Um, so our first. Category here, uh, we've moved to the category section. This is our newer segment. It's called Trade Judge or, or Ask Matt a Would You Rather question. Obviously, one of the answers is always, would he trade judge? Bring it. So last week, I won some money off our other roommate, Brandon. Uh, 25 bucks, because I guess what you'd pick right. We've got a dollar bet this time. I'm not as confident. So option one, a little bit of a twist here. Now, this one actually came, been getting a couple requests from people of questions to ask for this, and this one came from your brother. Hey, Sean, there we go. Got a text from Sean. Uh, said, hey, Kenny, it's Matt's brother. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, S-E-A-N, spelled the correct way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so this is his question. Uh, modified it slightly. You're going to lose Judge just for the rest of the season. Okay. Pretend he never comes back. Okay. You get him back next season at 28 years old. Is that a wrinkle that you threw in? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm changing that a little bit. The other option is there's going to be a Game of Thrones movie coming out later this year where they answer all the questions that you wish they answered. Whoa. The Night, the Night King, how the White Walkers came, what, what's the real purpose, why are they coming for them? Um, Sean asked me the questions more of to redo it all. I don't know if that's harder to go back and yeah. thinking that way, so I changed it to be a movie. But um, you're going to get all the answers. You're going to get more time to play out the whole John and Danny story. Okay. And uh, you lose Judge for the rest of the season. He comes back healthy in, 20, in 2020. Um, but you get that coming out maybe in the fall, a movie with all, everything you wanted. How long is the movie? Two to three hours. Oh, man. That's a tough one. Good job, Sean. Um, I like that one a lot. Uh, I'm a huge Thrones guy. I've said it many a time to my friends. I wish I knew as much about important stuff in life as I know about Game of Thrones. It's important. Um, yeah. I could write a thesis paper on Jon Snow. Still stick with Judge. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Judge is my guy. Jon Snow is my guy as well. Yeah. I know he took a hit this season. Everybody's bashing him. Still my guy. Still the king of the north. Still the true heir to the Iron Throne. But he's a real... And, and Jon Snow, real leader, just like my guy Judge. Yeah. Um, I don't know uh, if everybody saw this. I tweeted a video... Uh, uh, we tweeted. We tweeted a video from the Monument Talk Twitter account. Follow us at Monument Talk. Um, and it's a video of Judge in the Scranton Rail Riders dugout with all, with the entire team, coaches and everybody. And he has a handshake with every player on that, on that team. He's just going down the bench, handshake with everybody, uh, dapping up coaches, dapping up everybody. He's just the best. Yeah. Like, I mean, Grant, uh, he was, he spent some time in Scranton, so I'm sure he knows a couple of these guys, but to go down there for a handful of days, and already have a special signature dap up with every single person on the team is outrageous. Yeah, and you know that he's down there, and like he, I mean, uh, he's got an Oakley deal, he's got the Adidas deal, so he's making money off the field. But his contract from the Yanks isn't a lot of money. But you know, he's down there, and I'm sure he's we'll got hear the Pepsi deal too. And he's got, got the Pepsi deal. Money. There you go. Yeah. So, um, and I'm sure we'll hear about it in the next couple of weeks. Of like, I'm sure he's like buying all these kids dinner, yeah. like bringing pizzas into the clubhouse for after games, taking them out, like. He's just guy, uh, Ryan Doom McBroom. There you go. Who was raking the other day. Oof. So Judge is just Judge is just the best yeah, man. Like so happy to have him. I love him. 
Happy's back. Love you too, Jon Snow. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, sick, I'm sick with Josh. We're looking at the Bronx. The Bronx is, for New York City, is the North. Mm. Yeah, he's the king of the North. Um, king of the North. Uh, okay, good question, Sean. I lost a dollar. Hud got to choose first, and he picked that you were going to keep Judge. Nice. Good so, job, Hud. Yeah. So a boy. Still up 24 bucks. You're the king, John. <laughs> You're the king. Um, all right, and that's going to take us to another kind of new segment, Matt's Hot Corner, where... Uh, it's we, all about me, huh? We Jesus. talk about the things where Matt just, just gets Matt hot. Um, <laughs> last week, we talked about Dottie Henson and how she uh, she really... Worst teammate ever. The Peaches deserve ever. better. Um, so this week, we're going to talk about... Um, People standing with two strikes. The issue here is Mac gets hot when people don't stand in big situations and like make a little noise in the Bronx. And it was happening the other day with Tanaka, kind of quiet out there on his what is complete game shutout ten Ks. Cool. Okay, so I'll take it. So on Monday, middle of the day, my dad called me and goes, "Hey, Maddie, for your podcast this week, it's the forty first anniversary. Uh, Monday was the." June 17th, I believe it was, 41st, yeah. was the 41st anniversary of Ron Guidry's 18 strikeout game, which started the kind of with two strikes, um, Yankee Stadium stands up and claps, um, which everybody, everybody knows and kind of, and then when strike three, everybody goes crazy. So I'm a big fan of that. And Guidry's one of those guys that kind of like growing up, my dad would tell me about just kind of like what a beast he was and just. Just one of those guys that the name's been in your head forever. You've always heard about. So I, I and I love the, the stories about all the old Yankees. So that's that's a sweet tradition. I think it's awesome. I think it gets the crowd in the game. It gets everybody fired up. And it just so happens that on Monday, um, Tanaka threw an absolute gem, complete game shutout, and was just was just tearing it up. So I think it was around the seventh inning that. He had two strikes, and, and especially when there's two strikes and two outs, like that, that building should be rocking, especially in a game like that against the Rays, who um, you're battling for first place at that point. The Yanks were only a half game up. So seventh inning, it was, it was pretty quiet with two strikes and two outs. And I was like, damn, like this, this play should be louder. And it picked up, definitely picked up in the eighth, definitely picked up in the ninth. But it's something that I'm a big fan of that, and like, Really gets that building, really gets that building going, and it kind of brings you back to 2017 when the Yankees made that run to the ALCS, and everybody was talking about how Yankee Stadium is just kind of like this fortress that the Yankees can't lose, and it's so loud the Astros couldn't hear themselves think on the field. So it's just something that you want Yankee Stadium to to always be, and then that tradition with two strikes, everybody stand up and claps, and then strike three or get the third out, the whole building goes nuts. It's just something that. I'm a big fan of, and I just like really like and want to, and just always with the crowd into it. And I know that Yankee Stadium is over the past couple of years has gotten a bad rap with the empty seats behind home plate and how expensive it is. But it really is still one of my favorite places on the planet. And when that building's rocking, there's no better place to be. Big fan of that tradition. Not not it doesn't get me as hot as. Um, Dottie Henson being the worst teammate of all time, but just kind of stand up and cheer Yankee Stadium. Like, yeah, I mean, it's more fun that way. I was there last week. My girlfriend said that it felt, she's like, Yankee Stadium is kind of like Times Square, but just with a baseball game in the middle of it. And that stinks because, I mean, she's right, but it stinks because the old stadium wasn't like that. And when you go to places like Fenway or Wrigley, it doesn't really feel like that. But, you know, everything has got, uh, it's like the Frank's Red Hot Terrace mm-hmm. and the Toyota Terrace. Everything's just 
over the top. And, you know, I'm not going to ever discourage a fan for going to the game to try and enjoy a day out in the Bronx, but um, there's got to be some sort of, like, etiquette training we can do for people that are just here, tourists stopping in. Hey, there's two strikes. Let's clap it up. Yeah. Um, usually there's some kind of, uh, you know, big drunk guy, like a firefighter or something, who's going to start yelling <laughs> at everybody. Uh, until they stand up. So it's kind of just, I guess we're just kind of policing ourselves at this point. So, okay, that'll do for Matt's hot corner. Light hot corner. Um, <laughs> not that hot. Temperate. A temperate corner for Matt. Lukewarm. Um, and that takes us to the coveted Big Bastard Award. You big bastard. And this is for the biggest big man move of the week. Again, it doesn't have to be a big man. Just a move that we deem uh, is a move that a big man would make. So, not a Yankee. Uh, but Max Scherzer... Uh, breaks his nose and has this crazy black eye two days ago. Then yesterday goes out and pitches seven innings, 10 Ks, no earned runs. Uh, he's a beast, and that's a big bastard move I've ever seen. One. He, it looked like he literally couldn't even see out of one eye. Yeah, he's just a madman. He gets fired up on the mound. like He's just a freak. I'd love for him to be a Yankee. Yeah, uh, me too. Going to cost a lot. I don't see it happening, but... He's just, a, he's just a beast. Hey, and Hal. Next up, uh, we got Maven. Four straight games this week with a home run. Um, Saturday, hit one 412. Sunday, 410. Monday, 385. And the big one on Tuesday in the second deck, that was 429 feet. Just close to his career uh, longest, which is, I think, 430. So we kind of talked about you know the changes he's made, but he had a, a huge week coming off that big batting practice in Chicago. Um <laughs> with his job kind of on the line. So, you know, that's a that's another big bastard move back against the wall and just crushing it. Glaber hit that grand slam in the seventh um, to go up 12-1 to 1 and just kind of crush the spirit of the Rays. That was awesome because the Yanks hadn't won a series in four series. They lost two, split two, and then uh, they already won the series, but it was nice to kind of just put the foot down on the neck of the Rays. Um, and uh, he hit that one about 390 feet. Um and then Edwin Encarnacion, shaving his beard. He's got a big face. He's a big man. <laughs> he's got the beard tan, too. Yeah, he's got a beard tan. <laughs> if you got a beard tan, you're, you're a big bastard. You know, skinny people don't. Small people don't get beard tans like that. And that's it. Those are our four options. We got Scherzer, Mabin, Glaber's Grand Slam, and E.E. with, his, uh, with, <laughs> with that beard tan. <laughs> and hitting a bomb. Yeah, he did hit Second a bomb. Second game of the Yankees. Walked that parrot around the bases, yeah, which I don't completely understand. I but looked it up. Somebody was asking me why. Tell me, Ken. So I guess it was in Toronto years back. He hit a grand slam. Didn't know that it went out because it was a line drive. And was like sprinting and then saw it went out and like almost fell rounding first. Got all excited. And then was like holding his arm up to keep himself stable. But he was like so pumped up that he just like kind of forgot it was there and kept running around. And he got back to the dugout. All his players were like, I don't know what you were just doing, but it looked awesome. So he kept doing it, and then they started naming it Block the Parrot. <laughs> Pretty hard fall, huh? He had to hold his arm out to keep himself, <laughs> like, yeah. to keep himself stable? Yeah. So All right, I'm into it. I, I hated it when he was on the, the Blue Jays. I hated I it, it when he was on when he was on the Indians, but it's kind of how it works. Once the guy's on the team you root for, you kind of adopt what he's I, into. I saw somebody put up a, a tweet that was just a video or a gif or something of him walking, running around the bases, and then they just put a tiny little Greg Bird on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we got a pick, right? Yeah. Cam Maven. I'm Cam Maven yeah, all day. Same. Cam. Uh, huge week for Cam. Okay. That was easy. 
So this is a new a new category here. It's called "What's Up with Paul." Um, <laughs> here and, it goes. And so, in the first ever episode of Mind Your Talk, we talked about Paul Cartier, who is the organist for the Yankees and the Islanders, I think. Whoa! Um, and uh, yeah, so we were talking about him. We were hoping for the best for him because the Yanks seventh inning stretch people um, haven't been doing so hot. Uh, this was, we were talking about this right after Kate Smith kind of got let go from her duties, even though she died like fifty years ago. But so we're just, you know, hoping for the best for Paul Cartier that he's not the third one in a row for Yankees seventh inning stretches that has some kind of skeletons in his closet. But then I followed him on Instagram, still waiting for that follow back. Uh, so I can't look at his stuff. Followed him on Twitter, though, and he's just a great guy. I also found his bio. He's got a Tumblr since 2012. Listen to, listen to this guy, Matt. Uh-oh. Organist for the New York Yankees and the New York Islanders. Air traffic controller. Volunteer firefighter. Father and husband. Jack of all trades. He's never forgotten his passion for music or the joy that it brings to those around him. Besides, what good is baseball game without taking me out of the ball game during the seventh inning stretch? The all-American hero sacrifices sleep for the safety of his neighbors and plays the organ at Catholic Mass on Saturday nights. <laughs> oh, you just followed me back on Twitter. What, you write that, Ken? <laughs> I found it on PaulCartierOrganistBlog.com. He just followed us back <laughs> on Twitter. Your, this guy's your godfather. <laughs> um, uh, what's, uh, what's, is it Paul Cartier with a K or with a C? C. Um, this is huge. C. You guys are here in breaking news. Paul Cartier is now following us on Twitter. Paul, uh, I hope you're listening to this. Come on the pod. I'll send him a DM later. Yeah. Um, we're going to get him on the pod. Hopefully, Ken didn't ruin your life digging up any skeletons no, hey. you might have. I'm a big Paul guy. I'm, I'm in on Paul too, Ken, but some guys just want to be left alone, and now here you go. But anyway, the point of what's up with Paul is the category. I'm just going to be looking through his social stuff and tell you what's new with Paul. Not much. Been retweeting a lot of things, but in June, he... Uh, Filled in for Ed Ostrom, who does the organ on the weekend at the at uh, in the Bronx, and he got to go to the Yanks Red Sox rivalry, which uh, he was pretty happy about. So it was a beautiful night. So that's what's up with Paul. Feeling pretty good about it. Paul, come to the pod. We'll see you next week. Paul, what church do you play at? I'd love to attend. I think he's from Hempstead. Get the hell out of here. That's what it said. Hempstead or South Hempstead? Is that a thing? West Hempstead. That's Hempstead. where Neil's from. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he goes to the same church as Neil. That'd be great. So okay, Paul Cartier. And that takes us into Billy Brubaker, which we haven't done in a couple weeks. This is named after Billy Brubaker from Summer Catch, uh, the catcher for the Chatham A's, and this is for the quote of the week. Um, so this one kind of talking about how Yankee Stadium has become an amusement park. It's also with the broadcast, so uh, this was this was Mike McKay, not his fault. But Kevin Cash makes the biofreeze pain relief pitching change of the king. <laughs> I've heard it a bunch of times, but it just <sighs> stuck out to me when I heard it. It's just ridiculous. Come on. You, you, you got enough money already. <laughs> this one was just very cringeworthy, but Kay talking about the race, Oliver Drake, who was warming up in the pen, mm-hmm. and said it's weird to see him here after he's on the sidelines of the Raptors game, and a lot of pity laughs. <laughs> yeah, a ton of pity laughs. That was, the, that was the same game that was, I think it started at like 830 because of a rain delay, yeah. and Kay just kept talking about what a long day it was. Yeah. He was really, really showed showed his age there a little bit. It yeah. was he was pretty lame that night. Yeah, it's like oh, it's been a long night, man. I had a rain delay. It's like all right, Mike. It time. rained for everybody, not just time you. Tea and go to bed, Mike. Yeah. Uh, so Maven was uh, being interviewed by I guess ESPN maybe, and was talking about uh, how he just like getting on base now because he's uh, hitting ahead and sometimes. Uh, DJ LeMayhew, and he gets a lot of runs. Um, but he gave him the nick. I don't know if he gave him the nickname or it's just the nickname of the clubhouse, but Le Machine, <laughs> which is awesome. Because uh, they were talking about how 
Uh, LeMay, he was batting 462. Yeah. He's got 37 RBIs running to the scoring position, which is outrageous. Yeah, he's an absolute um, beast. But I just think Le Machine is <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> Here's another Maven quote talking about how much he's loved being in New York. Culture here is what I want to be around, where the only thing that matters is winning. Comes a point where you just want to be part of the winning group. I've been some places. Detroit has amazing fans. Um, I thought being in Houston, we were on that run. The fans are amazing, but it's special here. Even uh, from those places, it's truly special to be in the Bronx. Cam, stay forever. Uh, great quote. And then, Maven said that or LeMahe said that? Maven said that. Oh, wow. Um, when they were asking him about what it meant to him to be playing uh, yeah. for the Yankees. And then uh, this was a CC quote through Maven. He also said this in the same article, but... He said that CC said in the dugout when he was talking to him about you know people that struggle in New York and how to like um, kind of make it here. Pinstripes ain't for everybody. The pinstripes can be heavy. <laughs> I thought it was a cool quote from CC. The pinstripes can be heavy. All right, so those are our quotes. We got Michael K with the Biofreeze pain relief pitching change game. Michael K uh, with the Drake quote Le Machine <laughs> from Maven. Maven sweet quote about New York and the winning atmosphere and. DJ, uh, not DJ, uh, CC saying that the pinstripes are heavy in New York. What do you got, Matt? Um, real quick, shout out to CC, 250th win. Um, Stepping on winner. Oh, little, my bad, my bad, my bad. All right, that, that's on me. Got to share the notes, Ken. Yeah, it's Cam Maven. Uh, it seems like this is his podcast. Um, I hope Booney and Cashman are listening um, after the game and they don't send him anywhere because this is kind of... I feel like I'm his campaign manager right now. Um, that's just, I mean, he's just about it. It, it yeah. seems that way. And uh, he wants, seems like he wants to be in New York. His teammates want him here. I really hope they figure out a way. And it's just a cool quote. It's just kind of what, like, I mean, I love being a Yankee fan. We were talking about it before with the um, two-strike thing and just being at Yankee Stadium and how much I love it and love the Yankees. So, yeah, man. If he wants to be a part of it, those are the type of guys you want. So hopefully everything works out. What about you? I'm going to go with Le Machine. Because yeah. <laughs> Le Machine yeah. rules. Ken uh, loves the French. <laughs> Paul Cartier. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, our second to last category of the week. Uh, I forgot to mention this. The categories are sponsored by, uh, presented by Frozen French Bread Pizzas. Again, I'm going to keep that one generic until somebody wants to sponsor us and give us frozen French bread pizzas. And Yankee Candle. It's summer summer candle yeah, day. I got no problem with uh, giving out free ads to Yankee Candle. Yeah. We're big Yankee Candle guys. Matt went summer shopping today. Yep. Summer candle season, baby. Let's go. Currently, we got lighting up Seaside Holiday. That's Pink Sands. Um, sun and Sand, I believe. And, and then, then we got a Splash of Rain. Splash of Rain is returning favorite. 50-year uh, anniversary. 50-year anniversary of that candle. So uh, shout out to whoever named Splash of Rain. Summer candle season, baby. Let's do it. Yeah. Yankee Candle, send me free stuff. Yeah. The woman at the counter actually said, it's like, seems like you shop here a lot. I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. ring me up and let me get out yeah, of here, lady. Candles and frozen <laughs> French bread pizzas. Also, if this whole podcast gig doesn't work out, I think we got a real future in your name, candles. Yeah. Hell something yeah. to think about. Um, greatest candle of all time. Uh, actually, Matt, just give me your, what's your best candle? I'm a big fan of that candle over there. Sun and sand? What's it Yeah, it's sun and sand. Sun and sand. It's just a perfect combination of like the ocean, the sand, and like suntan lotion. It's a nice color too. A nice brown. Yeah. It it looks like the sand. I'm a big sand guy, which I know people think is weird, but I do love the sand. Uh, Um, I'm a big sun and sand guy, and then anything linen. Yeah, linen's nice, real clean scent. I'm also a big, spring's probably my favorite season. I'm a big fan of the flower scents. Sure. 
Uh, I'm not a big uh, lilac guy. My mom is. It's too sweet for me. Uh, I'm more, <laughs> I'm more, uh, my favorite candle has got to be Magical Christmas Forest. It's dynamite. But um, I think I'm surprised you didn't even mention this one. Uh, nature's paintbrush. <laughs> nature's paintbrush is a fall scent, and my God, is it good! Uh, good color, good hue, smells great. Yeah, nature's paintbrush, Yankee Candle. Come on, the podcast. Yeah, come on, send me free stuff. CEO of Yankee Candle. All right, so moving on, we got the Toby Flenderson Award for who's taking the shuttle to Scranton, aka the loser of the week. We got Clint Frazier who actually took the shuttle to Scranton. You know, tough for him. Played in fifty-three games for the Yanks. Uh, got a shot because of the injuries. He's batting 283, 330, 513. He had 11 home runs, 11 doubles. Uh, brought a lot of energy to the team. It's tough to see him get sent down, so obviously he's not happy right now. He actually didn't even really have a bad week. He he had a, actually a pretty good week. He what, was 6 for 17. He had an RBI, a double. He was batting 353 on the week. But, yeah, that, that just stinks to get sent down. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it was uh, – do we have more? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Aaron Hicks played in six games, went two for 22. He had a double, but he also had seven Ks. He was slugging 136 over that span, batting 091. So he hasn't really found it yet since he came back. It'll click eventually, hopefully, but uh, he had a rough one this week. Mm -hmm. The Sock Man, uh, Mike Topman, came back up. Good to see that he's still coming up. I I like seeing him uh, every once in a while, but he did go one for nine with three Ks and got sent back down. So tough week. Uh, Jay Happ, 10 innings pitched this week, 12 hits, 6 earned runs, and a home run, which honestly is not a bad giving up one home run for him because he's, I think he's one of the worst in, I didn't look up the stat, but he's one of the worst in baseball right now with uh, home runs per 9 innings or something. Can you say those numbers again? Sorry. This week he pitched 10 innings, uh, 12 hits, 6 earned runs, off, and one home run he gave up. Yeah. And then Sessa pitched 3 innings. Um, five hits, four in runs, and a home run. So that's not great, four in runs. And he had been pitching pretty well, holding down some of those kind of longer spots on the opener days. Um, so that's it. We got Clint Frazier, Aaron Hicks, uh, the Sock Man, Jay Happ, and Sessa. Yeah, um, for Happ, I think Happ's numbers are a little, um, uh, what's the word I'm, uh, I'm looking for? Confusing because he pitched Tuesday, and I mean, he gave up three runs. It was, I mean, quality start. Um, and I thought he pitched pretty well. He battled. He kept the Yankees in the yeah. game. Only gave up three runs. Um, another game against the team that's chasing you in first place. At that point, they were only a game and a half up. So I was kind of happy how Hap pitched. I mean, he's not a world beater, but like when he gets going, like, and I thought he pitched well. So yeah, um, I mean, his last maybe against the White Sox, he had a he had a bad run. It was against Toronto. Oh, no, it, wasn't, it was against the White Sox. He gave up four runs on five innings and five hits. Yeah. Uh, four walks, two Ks. And then he gave up two runs on seven innings against Tampa, like he said, and one run on – those are just his last three games. Yeah. One run on seven innings. So that was a good start against Toronto. Yeah, So, uh, but even even four runs, and if you pitch six innings, it's not the worst five with – five, five innings, sure. Yeah, but if he went – if you if uh, what I'm saying is if a pitcher – for the Yanks were to pitch six innings and give up four runs mm-hmm. and still give them six innings, I'm going to take that most yeah. most days because this team, if it does its job, like the bullpen will come in and not give up a lot of runs, and then 
or shouldn't give up any runs on a, on on a good day. And then this team, this offense should score more than four runs in a game. So yeah, you I mean, take that. You don't want that out of your top of the top of the rotation guys. But he kind of falls in the middle now. Well, I guess when Severino comes back, he's probably what the fourth starter behind Severino, Tanaka, and Paxton. Yeah. So out of your fourth starter, like yeah. you would take four runs in six and with a little bit of length. So I think it's been more inconsistency. Yeah, absolutely. At, he was struggling a bit. Then he had that big outing, seven innings, one run against Toronto, and then the next one is in Chicago when he gives up those four runs on five innings, and then pitched pretty well in Tampa Bay. So he's just been up and down. It's like his last seven games, he's given up twenty runs on thirty-seven innings. So it's just he can't find a. He just needs to string two two games together. Um, to kind of break out of this kind of up and down that he's got all season. Yeah, you're right. Um, uh, but for me, it's it's Frazier, yeah. unfortunately, and it's not to not to his doing. It's not his fault. It's just it's a, unfortunately it's a numbers game, and that's how baseball works. And yeah. you feel bad for him, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. So hopefully, it, I mean, keeps working hard, figures it out, and like I said before, either with the Yankees. Throughout the year this year, because you know he'll be back. Unfortunately, guys get hurt, things happen, so he'll be with this team again. He could make an impact on this team, or with another team, or as a. I'd say if he doesn't get traded and doesn't get hurt, there's a really good chance that he's uh, the fourth outfielder on this team next yeah. year. So I mean, he's only 24. Hopefully, just keep that head straight and keep working hard. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna agree. It's Frazier. And then our final category is the jersey of the week. Who won the week? If you were to go to your local shop and buy a jersey, who would it be? Your uh, local t-shirt printing local shop t-shirt that you can find shop. in any town in the tri-state area. Um, so we got Maven uh, batting over the week, 474, 500, uh, 1105. His OPS was 1.605, which is outrageous. Four home runs. Um, we kind of talked about this. His most, I mean... He's got five home runs uh, in 40 games and four this week when his career high in a season of 140 games is 10. So um, this was like a kind of all-career week for him. And we talked about all the rest. Glaber uh, played in seven games this week. He's batting 333, 483, 619. He had two bombs, seven RBIs, seven walks. Chad Green, including uh, this game they're watching right now against the Astros, he pitched four innings. Uh, had two hits, no earned runs, and nine Ks. Jesus, really? Yeah. He struck. Wait, he only pitched two innings. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking this last week. Oh I god, just, I just threw in what he had against. Sorry, the my bad. Now. So uh, this last week he had two innings pitched, one hit, six Ks, no runs, um, and he just threw on two innings and three Ks against the Astros. Tanaka had that complete game shutout, two hits, one walk, ten Ks, and when they asked him how he felt out there, he said, "My pitches weren't as sharp as I wanted them to be." Probably should have put that out as a big pass. Yeah. Um, love that. CC, 250th win. It's the 48th pitcher in history to do it. That start was six innings, three hits, one earned run, three walks, seven Ks. Happy for the big man to just notch another uh, milestone in his career. And I threw Scherzer in there. Uh, let's give him a big pass for the end Scherzer of the week. Uh, seven innings pitched. We already talked about this. Broken nose, the black eye, 10 Ks, no runs. Um, not a Yankee, but... Uh, had to respect it and hope he will be Yankee, which he probably won't be, but it'd be cool. Um, so that's it. We had uh, Cam, we had Glaber, we had Chad Green, Tanaka, CC, and Scherzer. Yeah, um, sure, Max. 
you broke your nose. It was cool, cool to watch, but you're not a Yankee, by the way. Chad Green looks like he's figured it out. He's really been shining in this opener, the opener role, and coming out of the bullpen. So just another, uh, just another weapon out there. Um, CC, of course, keeps uh, knocking in those, locking in those Hall of Fame numbers: two fifty wins, three thousand strikeouts. Big fan of the big man. Tanaka was an absolute stud on Monday night. It's just cool to watch. Um, that you don't see many complete game shutouts. I thought they were going to take him out of the out in the seventh after the seventh. Thought they were going to take him out after the eighth, and they just kept letting him go. Kept letting him go out there, and he just kept kept getting soft ground balls, striking people out. He was just it was just really cool to watch. But I mean, we said before this is a Cam Maven podcast, so it's yeah. going to Cam Maven. I've actually thought about getting a Cameron Maven jersey. Yeah, it's a good one. I already bought my Greg Bird jersey, so that's my one for the year. So can't break the rule, but. I'm all in on Cam Maben. I That's, hesitate to give him the jersey of the week because I'm I'm afraid he, they're gonna DFA him. I hope they don't, but if they do, I mean, I guess that's a good way for him to go out, win the week, and then. Yeah, that would that would suck. All right, you know what? I'm yeah, doing, there we go, I'm Cam. Cam. Let's get a jersey. Let's get a jersey, some FBPs, some frozen, frozen uh, or some French bread pizzas, and let's go. This podcast was paid for by Cameron Maven. Um, <laughs> Maven, so Yankee Candle and frozen French. Yeah, bread package pizza. this thing up and send it to uh, to Cashman. Um, yeah, but it's Cam Maven. Um, hope he's around. If not, wish you the best of luck. But uh, yeah. yeah, Cam Maven, thirty eight. Ship it to me. Yep, and, uh, and that'll do it. So coming up, we're kicking off right now. Yanks four game set versus Houston. They are tied in the loss column, but. Houston's played two more games than the Yanks, and they've won both of them. So they got a slight advantage. Um, Friday, which is tomorrow, um, which will be tonight when you're listening to this podcast, is 7.05 game, the Big Maple versus Brad Peacock, uh, who is a righty, as I'm sure everyone's aware. Um, he's got a 3.67 ERA and a 1.12 whip on the year. Saturday, another night game, 7.15. you got Masahiro versus Wade Miley, another righty. He's got a 3-3 ERA. And then Sunday, got that afternoon game, 205. Hat versus Justin Verlander. Um, and Verlander is just continuing to be awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. 259 ERA, 0.74 whip, which is outrageous. Um, so Sunday's going to be a bit of a struggle. But hopefully you can at least oh. split this series. And then Gary going deep. Gary just went deep. Yeah. Take that, Jesus Montero. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool way to end this podcast. So that'll do it for this week. We will see you next week for the Mickey Mantle episode. Keep winning series, Yankees. Keep winning games. Have a good weekend, everybody.